Welcome to the Work in Progress podcast, where we keep our whip in check. And now, here's Michelle, certified coach and founder of Strive Coaching Studio. Welcome, everybody, to the Work in Progress podcast. And today I have an amazing guest who I'm so grateful as well for spending your time with me today. This is Jim Allen. And Jim Allen is from Coldwell Banker, Howard Perry and Walston. And for any who anybody who's not in the Raleigh market, and many of our audience is not, uh, Jim is also ranked number one, not only in Raleigh, but also under many awards for the U.S., under many awards, number one in North America included, and many could say has accomplished, have so many things with your team and so many successes throughout such a, a reputable career. So thank you. I am grateful as well for you being here today, Jim. Thank you for being well, here. I am too. And, you know, I, I'm really appreciative because you and I have known each other for an awful long time, and, and we both watch our lives kind of roll out in front of us. And I'm really, really thankful to get catch up again, because I think today what people are going to see is as we talk and we get to know each other, it might, it might put out a couple of good nuggets. I, I think so. And I, I love how you opened this with really the season of life that you're in, what you've learned along the way. It's perfect for our audience. I have many people right now earlier in their career who I hope we can can offer some nuggets of wisdom for them. And while they do have their own journey to figure this out for themselves, if we can make it a little easier for them, let us let us try to do that. Absolutely. And, it, and it's our responsibility. You know, our parents, the people that were there before us did it. I was a little worried our generation wasn't going to do it, but I think <laughs> are and I and I think we are we're going to be better at giving back because so many people had to help us I I know we needed a lot of help so now, now I'm able to give a lot back I hope I think you have a lot to give back and you said you you were in a conference last week and one of the things you took away is that you are looking and you're you're watching this conference from a different perspective of asking yourself how you can give back and serve better. So that's probably one of your, kind of your, your, your message um, on the heels of that conference today. It, it is. And, you know, one of the things that really struck me, there was a lady that her daughter, Carson, had died of cancer. And she shared, and, and it, that may not sound inspiring, but let me tell you how inspiring it was listening to this lady be able to get on stage and talk about how St. Jude's Hospital had helped her child, even though she lost her child, just to help her child and she enjoy the last minutes of her life the best way that they could. It, it made me think about, you know, I really want to give more of that back to other people. You know, we, we set out a few years ago to really participate in a lot of charities here in, in the Triangle, but also to try to never say no when people ask us for help. And, you know, once you start that path, th there are an awful lot of people that ask, and you, you do have to make sure you're helping the right people. But, you know, I came away this time with a different feeling when I went to this conference. I've been going to get what I could get out of it for me and my team. And what I as this time is there's some blankness with a lot of folks in the world and they need hope 
and they need people who will put inspiration and hope back in their lives. And I did a lot of that. I mean, I talked so much on at this convention. I listened so much. But I, I was walking down the street one night on the way back from a restaurant, and this lady screamed out my name. And I, so I went back over to where she and a bunch of her friends were sitting. And she said, are you the guy that was on stage today? And I said, yes. And she said, you know, when you gave Jesus credit for the things in your life, I was so inspired. And she sat down and she gave me her personal testimony for a couple of hours. And it was it was 1.30 in the morning when this was happening. Mm-hmm. But I sat there and absorbed it and realized, you know what, there's so many people that really need to get something off their chest. And they just don't have somebody that will sit there and listen and not judge them and help them get past it. And, you know, I've had enough successes and enough failures in my life that it's easy for me to look at other people and say, you're not broken. You just haven't figured out your path yet. I mean, too many people are are too quick to say, hey, you don't deserve this or it's time out for you. They don't get to judge. You get to be your own judge and jury and you get to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to try one more time. I might have got knocked down these three, but the next time I get up, they better watch out because I'm coming stronger. Right. And you said earlier, you've taken I can't out of the out of your dictionary and you've taken it out of the dictionary in your team in terms of the way we way you approach the problems and the challenges that come across. And I'm curious for you, how how challenging is that to inspire that in your team right now during a time that is it does have challenges, right? It's it's very challenging because, first of all, everybody's looking for an excuse why they can't do something. They aren't looking for a reason why they can. They're trying to figure out, hey, here's why I didn't do that. Here's why I didn't do my homework. Here's why I didn't make all the phone calls I should have made today. Here's all those other things. And really, all it is, the the, the time we're in right now, is just a reset to basics. It's not that we're in this horrible time people are talking about. It's a reset to basics. Things aren't going to come quite as easy as they have. I, I think really the last three years have taught me the lesson of appreciation because things were too easy. And when things are too easy, I don't think I enjoy them as much. I, I want to work a little bit harder so I feel like the accomplishments mean a little bit more. You know, during those easy times, we set our goals much, much higher than we were dreaming because I wanted to have to work to get to those goals. And Mm. now reflecting back, I'm thinking, you know, thank goodness we did. So I'm ready again to charge forward. And if you had started when you're up here, what if everything was so easy to you And all of a sudden there's a challenge and you don't know how to get up. You know, you're, you're 32 and 0. nobody's ever pinned you before. Somebody has your shoulders to the mat. How do you react? How do you get up? That that's the key. It's not how do you rise? It's how do you get back up that determines success because we get knocked down. All of us do. You know, and, and that's what I think my work in progress for me is, is I want to get knocked down a few more times. You mm. know, 
crazy. Why would I want that? Because every time in my life I got knocked down, I've come back so much stronger. Every time I think I'm in this place of security, then the world comes up and tells me where I'm really at. I'll give you one really quick story, and, and I won't go bore you to death, but I was at this teacher-parent conference one time. We were having this big party, and all the parents were invited. And so I walk in, and this lady walks up to me, and she says, I know you. I've seen you somewhere. And, you know, my ego takes over, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I've sold a couple of houses or <laughs> me on TV or in the newspaper or somewhere. And she said, no, aren't you Edwin Allen's dad? And I mean, you know, <laughs> wow, holy cow, God, you got me right straight out because that's all I am is my kid's parent right now. And I feel so blessed, God, that you picked me to let me raise your kids because they're his, not mine. But I wasn't focused on that. I was thinking about me and this lady just said, nope, no. her, their dad. And man, it's like, that's all I needed to hear. And it, that it is a good one. changed the trajectory. That was when my oldest was five. And that changed my thought pattern. And about three or four weeks later, another friend of mine told my son, he said, you're just like your dad. And he said, dad, does that mean I'll grow up and read my Bible every morning? I mean, look, if your child at five, that was the one thing he thought he was most like me about. I, I didn't do as bad as I thought to start yeah. out. Yeah, we're doing okay. You're doing okay. <laughs> Getting better. <laughs> that is a big one. That is a big one. Yeah, we all, we need that reset. Uh, we need those, those moments to really shift our brain. And you're right. Re tell us where we're off base, where we're too absorbed in ourselves. Completely. That's right. And, you know, to your point, it's okay to not know the how to get out of it. But, but I don't know and I can't just shuts you down from opportunity. And every time you do figure it out and overcome it, you're evolving yourself as a person and learning and growing and expanding yourself and hopefully being an example. And you got to put that in this little memory bank. Yeah. And you, know what? It, it, you put it on the shelf and one day you will go back for each one of these lessons you yeah. learn. You know, what I'm realizing more in my life is there really are not accidents. You meet someone 40 years ago and you can't figure out, well, I don't know why they're really in my life at this moment. You trust me. Wait, let's fast forward 50 years. God's going to point out what that person was really there for. You thought they were here for this, but what they were really here for was this. 100%. That, that is like my most appreciative thing is that God sets up these divine appointments for me now so that, and I, and what I mean by that is like, I finally figure out why I met this person, you know, what's his purpose? What, how was I supposed to get involved in their life? Whether it's, you know, a, a guy in my life when my mom died and, and that's, you know, for all of us, our parents dying is one of the biggest fears we have. I can tell you now, that's when I understood God's grace the most in my life. But there was a guy I had fired from my team. I mean, absolutely cast him out. Mm. 
wasn't in that right place in his life yet. And guess who did the eulogy at my mom's funeral? Oh my God. And that was the purpose for him being in my life. His name's John Bassett. I hope he's blessed by that even this day because we both evolved after that and his dad passed away and I got to go listen to him speak about his dad. And, and I thought no one could talk better about my mom than him. And I will tell you, I second guessed myself right at the last minute. And I brought this other pastor in and he sat beside me and he listened to John. You want me to follow that? Are you kidding me? Why did you ask me here? And so after when we got through, everybody was running up to John trying to figure out where his church was and his church was where he was. Amazing. That's amazing. Well, on that note, you were telling me earlier that you, um, you, you try to say yes to as many things as you can. One of the teach, one of the things I teach everyone all the time is being aware of the season of your life, where you are right now, what are your priorities and when to really deliberately say yes to things and when to very deliberately say no to things that don't serve you. How, what, how do you determine those answers for yourself each day? For me, at the at the place I'm at in my life, if the if the thing is unhealthy for someone else, that's an no for me. Especially if it's the person asking me to do it. Mm-hmm. Awful lot of people, you know, as you as you gain whatever they think success is, who come to you and ask you for money or things or opportunities that you know really are not in their path yet. And that's so discernment is something I pray to God constantly for, but I am more capable now of when that person asks, redirecting them and saying, listen, I'm not going to say no to you today because I don't believe in that word. What I'm going to tell you instead is you go back, you work on these three things. Hmm. You think you've gotten those accomplished, come back to me and then, then I'll say yes. Yeah. I I try never to just cast it out because everything works, Michelle. That's one thing I figured out is that everything works. You just have to be dedicated to it, put the time in. But guess what? Nothing works if you don't stay the course. If you don't believe in it, if you don't put the time commitment behind it, if you don't do the follow-up, it won't work. And there's all of us have these bright light bulb moments. And they happen every day. And, you know, imagine I've got 60 of those guys on my team that have a light bulb go off every day in their head. And and I don't want to stop them from having light bulbs. But I know if I let them follow the path of every one of those light bulbs, they won't do anything because their focus will be too broad. I, I bring them back in and try to get them more focused. Okay, if that is... If this light bulb you're telling me about is really the answer, then let's figure out what are the steps we get to to go answer the question of that light bulb. Because if you're just simply trying to achieve it, you're going to get disappointed. It's going to knock you down and you're going to run back and say, oh, I couldn't. Next, let's try a new career. And unfortunately, you know, I'm in that business where the average person stays in a year and quits. Yeah. 
And they stay in a year and quit because no one gets them focused on the steps. No one tells them, hey, this is not get rich quick. This is instead something that will be a journey. It's something that you have to go rededicate yourself every single day. Just like every other success, it takes care about the people around you. Like number one thing that you have to form in order to be successful at anything are relationships. Absolutely. Relationships through text. You can't form them through email. You can't form them through anything other than personal discussions from meeting people eye to eye, seeing how they reflect. Even on the phone is not good. I want to get in front of the other person so, you know, I can see, hey, they're nodding because they're listening or, you know what, they're off in la-la land because I've, I've missed them already. Right, right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I preach relationships constantly about that being a key to any, any level of success in your life. It doesn't even matter if it's professionally or personally, you really have to invest in your relationships, but I love your points, discernment, redirection, stay focused, stay committed. It's so easy for us, especially in this world, there's a shiny new object and a squirrel around every single corner. If we keep chasing, we those are excuses not to stay focused on the things that are most important to us. So those are really great lessons for all of us to learn, for sure. Well, you know what's nice, though, is my life was simpler and slower than kids' lives are now. You know, there aren't quite as many shiny objects. I remember when I was six, my very favorite Christmas My parents had bought my sister and I three or four gifts each, but one of my sisters came wrapped in this huge box. I mean, enormous box. We played with that box for four days, getting in and out of it, making it into a tent. (laughs) We made it into a house. We climbed, anything you could think of. I can't tell you another present we got that Christmas other than that box. Isn't it amazing? And, and, you know, that's that's like when I when I talk to people, somebody told me the other day that my phone is out of date with today because I could take much better pictures if I had this phone versus that phone. You know what? There's always going to be a different phone. There's always going to be something that's just outside. But people will use that as the excuse for why they don't accomplish their task today. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have that best camera. I didn't have that best script. I didn't have the time to make this, the that, the other. And you know what I find? The the where people think I'm more successful, I, I should have more limited time available, right? You would think. And the people just starting should probably have more time. Do you know how many people walk up to me daily and say, I couldn't do that because I ran out of time. I couldn't do it because I didn't have the time. And and then I sit right down in front of them and do it. I say, you know, do you think you have more time or I do? It's how you allocate it that matters. It's not about the time. We all, every one of us, every day says, oh, we just don't have enough time. No, we don't have enough time because we don't use it effectively. Totally. Every one of us, can get 1% better today than we were yesterday. Every one of us. I can't, but what I can't do, if I'm trying to become you, 
I can't become 1% better you than I was yesterday. That's what people are trying to change who they are. Right. Be happy with the core. The core God gave you. Now sharpen it, make it better, but do not think that inside of you is not already buried this beacon that everybody else can learn from because it is. Because what I've learned about myself, and, and especially through my faith walk, there was one perfect person. I will never be perfect. I will never even be great. I'll never be good because I'm flawed in so many ways. So if I sit around and, and blame each of those things that are my flaws and excuses and that, oh, I'm not 10 feet tall, that's why I can't climb this ladder. No, go get a longer ladder and climb up. Yeah. That, that's what it's about. You have everything you need right now for what you have in front of you today. You have all the tools already. You have the exact camera you need. You have the exact mind you need, the heart you need, everything. It's all perfect right now. And you're right. As long as we're on this planet, none of us are going to be perfect. So perfectionism needs to go out the window. That's why I never love get watching. Done. That's why I love these shows where people get just cast out on an island and they have to survive. <laughs> because really, that's what we're doing wherever we are. Yeah. You know, I, I I came to college in Raleigh. That's how I found my island, and Raleigh's my island. <laughs> but, but if I'd been cast off in some other island, I would have figured out how to survive there too. Yeah. And I would have eventually welcomed and loved that island. Instead of trying to get away from it, I'd have started embracing what's there. Yeah. That's the problem. Most of us are trying to run away from something so hard that we don't embrace the place that we're at in that second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Now you mentioned that you have a, that the typical turnover is about a year for an agent. I went through your roster. There are so many names of people who've been in this business for a long time and who've been on your team for a long time. How are you maintaining that level of team and that loyalty and that, that longevity within your team? Because first I appreciate every one of them. Mm -hmm. Single day. I can tell you, Harry's the person who's been on my team the longest, and it's been 30 years now. And I tell him I love him. And, and I also love him a different way now as we mm. age together. And he's become an elder statesman on my team instead of the guy I saw in the crawl space the first time. And <laughs> determined, you know, but he cared then and he doesn't care any less. It's just caring a different way. Now he gets the mentor other people on our team. And, and I think that's the real thing. What I've taught my team to do is share. You know, most teams have these um, awards within their team. They give out to the person who does this the best or does that the best or does the other the best. I stayed away from that. Even though our business is in general is built on that, I've stayed away from it because I believe people work better when they share with somebody else. I'm a team player. I played baseball was my sport because I liked being dependent on other people. And even though one day I would get have a bad game and be let down a little bit, 
somebody else could pick me up and we could win by 20 that day. And I may not participate at all, but the next day, my hit might be the difference in that game. That's the way I've established my team as well. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, we have these things called SAIs when people turn in their, their sales input forms. There are no SAIs that get turned in in my office that there aren't multiple names on them. Every person reaches out to a different person and it, and it doesn't have to be that they were a part of that sale. It's maybe that they answered the phones that day. So that person, mm -hmm. or they did this. And, you know, so my, my SAIs get hundred dollar to death because somebody else did something for somebody and they reached out and appreciated it. You know, so on our Thursday morning meetings, I bring a pocket full of hundreds every week because there's something in there. Somebody did for somebody and it doesn't matter where it was. You know, one of, one of our girls got her, broke her arm during the parade of homes and mm -hmm. someone stepped up the next day to help her when she couldn't be there. Well, I gave her a hundred dollars. Well, you know what God did? God's got to play this game and he rewarded them more. That day when they were there and it was a million dollar home she was sitting in, she'd only been on my team a few weeks. She hadn't made but one sale ever in her life. Wow. That day, God brought her the buyer for that house sitting in a, a million dollar plus home in Franklin County that day because she helped somebody else. God helped her. Incredible. That's how we keep our team together. We focus on... How can we each help each other? We spend our morning meetings on Thursday trying to figure out how all of us can get better. Now, the, the hard part of that some Thursdays is you might be the example of what we did wrong this week. Mm -hmm. What if we can't all learn from what happened in that one person's walk and let that person answer to it and own up to it? Like, yeah wants to be called out in a room for what they did wrong that day not me you know but right. guess what I use myself every time one of those comes up I, I and trust me I've made every mistake they'll ever make I go back in time and get mine but theirs is more current theirs is real theirs is an outcome maybe we can see today and that's yeah. that's that's what I try to do. Yeah. Well, so what is the biggest, uh, well, I don't even like the word failure because I do firmly believe that it is exactly what we needed to learn in that moment. But if you look back, what would you have called at the time a failure that you needed to learn and grow? What, what was your biggest one professionally speaking? For me, what I would do is probably look back to 2007 and eight. Mm-hmm. And seven, I didn't do a good enough job preparing my builders for what was coming. Couldn't mm -hmm. see the avalanche yet. In 2008, when, and I won't name that bank, but a certain bank started just taking the equity away from the people I worked with. What I'm most disappointed in is I couldn't save them all. I saved a lot of them because I tell you, when they started struggling, what I saw is, wait a minute, I am I got here from riding these guys' backs. They need me this time. And I pulled my checkbook out and I stuck it behind as many people as I could, not fearing for what was going to happen to us next. I failed some of those people. 
you know, there were some of those guys that I had to pick and choose. I had to find the ones and say, I believe this one cares more. I believe this one is going to survive and get to that next day. But this one over here really is already lost and may not come back. Now, the some of those people did bounce back. Some of these people over here failed. You know, it, we never want to be put in that judgment zone where we have to pick who survives and who dies. But 08 put me in that position. And, and what I would tell you is not hugging and kissing the people I had to say no to enough. That's my biggest failure. And, you know, how did that help me? How did I grow out of that? The people I did help believe still to this day and have gone on and done things that were incredible. The people I didn't help that time, a lot of them I've gotten a second chance and God's given me a chance to help them the next time. And, you know, so that failure though, that was the first time in my real estate career I felt incapable. Yeah. Up until 08, I thought I could solve everything. I, I'd never had a, a year that I stepped backwards. I never even had one where I plateaued or, or stayed even. And I went backwards by like 25% that year. You know, the market might have been worse, but it didn't matter. It was me that I, I was, oh my gosh, I failed. Mm. Well, it was still the best anybody else was doing, but I felt like I was on the bottom of the world because people asked me for help and I didn't have it. Now, I'll tell you the best things that happened to me. A bank called me and said, hey, we need help. And the president of that bank wasn't afraid to ask. And he invited a big room full of us. And some of them said lower interest rates. Some of them said do this. Some of them said do that. And I said, look, why don't we start buying these people's houses so they can buy our new construction? And, you know, we all gather together to do it so that we move this thing forward. And I'll never forget the words. Another guy who's a top agent in this town and actually owns his own company now, he said, Jim, you're a dinosaur. I'm a real estate agent. I make 6% when they lose money and I make 6% when they make money. You're a dinosaur. I don't take those kinds of risks. You'll, you'll be the one that fails. That's the best advice he ever gave me. I am a dinosaur and I do care and I've been behind people and I'm going to keep getting behind them. That's what I learned from my failure is help everybody more. As you gain, don't put it in a shelf. Don't stick it away for a rainy day. Put it out there to help somebody else because every time you help somebody else, God produces a abundantly for you. I mean, that's a word we all miss when we're reading through the Bible. We all think, well, God will take care of our needs. Nope, he doesn't say that. God says he will abundantly provide for our needs, but he only does that when he sees we're trying to provide for somebody else's needs. And that's such a perfect example of how we can't control everything that happens in the world to us, especially during that time, what you're referencing and, and many times what's happening right now, but we can control how we are going to be, who we are going to be, how we are going to act, 
Who are we, who do we want to be on the other side of this? And back to your point of relationships in, and who, who do I want to be to the others around me? And I'm a firm believer that anytime you're operating from a scarcity mindset, you're going to close yourself off from the rest of the world. And, and I love your, your abundancy message. Or a protection mindset. Yes. Yes. People wrap their arms around what they're trying to save. Oh gosh, I don't want to lose this. Do you know what you're going to lose every time? You try not to lose something. You've made that more important than your relationships. And you're going to lose that thing. I, I will, it's not when. It's not if. It's going to. Well, and you're not even capable of doing what you were able to do, which is let's get strategic. Let's get resourceful. Let's explore all the ways we can solve this rather than I'm just going to protect my little thing over here. And, I, and that's such a, a, a huge lesson for everybody to remember right now. And, and it's really why I love real estate, because there's a new challenge every single day. You so know, true. <laughs> like, like the moment you think you've learned enough to just survive, then somebody brings something to you and you're like, wow, how much easier would my life have been? if What if the... The 18-year-old me had had a remarkable, I could write all these contracts on and it typed them and I, I didn't have to learn how to type. I mean, there's so many things that just get in your life and you're like, wow, what if I had that then? Well, if I had it then, I wouldn't have used it. I wouldn't have had time for it. So right. a time and a season and a place for everything. And that's what you realize Patience is a virtue. I want everything right now, but if I get everything right now, I will not appreciate it. There's no way. A hundred percent. If we had sunny days every day, we would just stop appreciating sunny days. It's, it's yeah. That's how it goes. And we're not going to have just sunny days. You're going to have it all. So you better learn how to weather through all of them. You wouldn't get to <laughs> jump in any mud puddles if you didn't have rain. <laughs> what's your biggest advice for somebody um you know younger than we are starting in their career in this business and you know they're in this they're in this world right now what do they need to know listen first form relationships with everyone around you every person that you do something for there's a reciprocal relationship that exists. When you go to a dry cleaners, that dry cleaners is going to also participate in your business. You're building theirs. Businesses help businesses, no matter where and what they are. Don't think you're an island. Do not ever believe that you're out here and you can just do everything yourself. Surround yourself with more people, not less. Don't limit yourself. I think we're all so quick. We put this goal that was someone else's goal up here. Okay, when, you, when you're in sales, your goal is, oh, I want to be the best agent in this office. So you put my goals right out here in front of you. Now, when you don't get to my goals the first year, and I've been doing it 40 years, you feel like a failure. You go off and crawl over into a shed. <laughs> what, what I tell people, goals are real but they need to be your goals. 
what you need to do. If you did zero transactions last year, you're going to have an easy time reaching your goals because if if you do one, it's more than the zero you had. But post them, put them in front of yourself. Get up in the morning and look in the mirror. One of the first gifts I give everybody that comes to work on my team, I give them a daily read Bible first, but then I give them a mirror because my belief is every problem starts right in that mirror and the solutions also in that mirror. It's just which way did you turn it to look in? And people don't take enough time to be reflective. I don't care what it is you've learned in your life. The big lessons you learned them in a mirror. Michelle, you're beautiful young lady. I'm sure there were a million guys that wanted to teach you to kiss, but I'm going to bet you practiced in a mirror just like <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet the first time you were going to do a call, you didn't do it in front of somebody else. You sat in a mirror and practiced it yeah. so that you knew what you looked like doing it. You know, I, the other reason I give people this mirror People can see you and hear you smile. When you're on the phone, the person on the other end knows when you're smiling. They also know when you're angry. They can hear that inflection. You don't know it yourself that you're sliding into a frown sometimes. When you're talking to somebody and you start getting bored, if you've got that mirror up in front of you, you can go recharge your own batteries. You can't blame them because they were boring. You know, when you when you go to a movie, every movie that's ever been made had some content in it that was worth watching. We just mm -hmm. got the good in everything that we're looking at. That's what I, my advice would be. Do not get so set in your ways that you aren't able to see that there's a new path every single second. And that path is only going to be open for just a moment. Yeah, fear great advice. Such great advice. People, fear is your number one thing. Financial courage doesn't mean you have to have a lot of money. It just means you don't hold on to what you've got. You're willing to put it back in play. You're willing to take the risk because friends of mine who had success early. One of the guys that was on my real estate team when I was very young, first thing he did was went out and bought a boat for $10,000. Well, we all couldn't wait to go get on it. We went that first weekend. And next thing you know, he's plowed it, got it going as fast as it will go. And we're racing another boat. Man, feeling free, the motor blew up. Very first trip out. The <laughs> most money the guy had ever saved in his life and he stuck it all in this thing that wasn't going to do anything to help propel him forward in his life. Mm. All it did was sink what he had done so far. But that guy, if you went back and asked, I'm going to bet losing that boat refocused him and made it so the next time he got up, he was able to put it into things that might draw a return. Yeah. And, and, and also just, as you mentioned earlier, being confident and having the belief in yourself that you can go make more money. You can give away your money. You can lose your money and you already built it once. You know how to do it. Have the confidence to know that you always can. You have it within you. It's just like riding a bike. Until yeah. you 
until you get your knee scraped the first time, you're not a good bike rider. Right. Until you know what to avoid, you haven't gotten better yet. And and I, I believe every entrepreneur that you will talk to will tell you as, as they gain more success, it's because they freed themselves up and they gained financial courage. And with the other thing, you know how you can have financial courage? Realize none of it's yours anyway. There's not been a person yet that I'm aware of that got to take their riches to heaven. Right. Most people, when they pass, even those guys in Egypt, they buried all their stuff in their tombs. Well, there's people sporting those all over museums all over the world right now. So they didn't get to hold on to it. Yeah. Don't fear losing anything because the moment you start fearing losing it, you're going to lose it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Such great advice. So what is ahead for JAG? And, and JAG is Jim Allen Group in terms of where you're going, what the company is doing and and what is your, how has your relationship evolved in terms of your role in this big organization? I'm going to answer the last one first because it's becoming less Jim Allen and more them. You know, I think as a, as a leader, I wish I hadn't named it the Jim Allen Group. It's too late to take it back. I'd love to change my name now. So <laughs> power each of them to be the best Jim Allen because the Jim Allen group is a team. Now it's not me. It's nothing about me. It becomes less and less me every single year. What's ahead is I just hired a new nucleus of six. I've got a new fresh wave of bodies. And then I've got, and it's, it's a complete constant metamorphosis. The people who used to be those fresh new faces are the aged and weathered ones. You know, what we do at JAG, we got a geezer squad, we call the oldies like me, and we got a newbie squad, we call the brand new ones. Every geezer wants to give advice to every newbie, and every newbie can't wait to go get the geezers. What, what, what my goals and where JAG's going is, how do I get this middle people to understand how well the geezers and the newbies work together so that, you know, because as we take each step, we start thinking we're a little bit smarter, you know, halfway to being geezers. And we already think we're there. And, you know, how do I get each of them to appreciate what the newbies energy brings and the, the knowledge that the geezers bring at the same time? My biggest challenges right now are keeping not the newbies, the geezers. They all want to retire and me convincing them that there is no thing called retirement. You just go to a different phase where you're a counselor yeah. or you're an enabler, where you, you assist others more than you, you know, a baseball coach used to be a baseball player. What if they just quit playing? Nobody would know the rules to the game any, anymore. Nobody would be able to play. So yeah. I'm, uh, Jack, where's Jack headed? Jag is headed wherever these six newbies that just joined want to take it. Mm. I won't limit it. You know, we, we reached a billion last year for the first time in a year. Wow. And now we're headed towards two. And when we get to two, we'll be headed towards three. We're not going to stop growing and going. We'll just add pieces to get to the next level. Or if we don't have to add more people, 
the players maybe will get better each time and will be more efficient as, as we do things. We have to keep goals in front of us in order to not get complacent and think we've made something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, when you win a championship, you want it for the second the buzzer went off. But if you're not retooling the next day, the, the, the Golden State Warriors won the NBA championship last year. They're three and four right now starting out their next season because yeah. the offseason, a couple of the guys that worked hard to get back relaxed and gave themselves a little time off. Well, midway through the season, they're planning on getting back in shape. But what if they don't? What if they need? What if they don't get to get back? Same thing for us. This year's not over yet, and I'm beginning next year. You know, right. I'm already pre-planning how I'm going to get to my January goal so that the year starts out in the right place. That's what you learn how to do with time and consistency. The biggest thing I've learned and the thing I teach JAG every day, and this is where we're headed, we're going to be the right here middle of the road JAG we can be. Because when we get up here on this ivory tower, we're going to fall. And wherever we fall to, it's going to take a lot longer time to get up here in this middle ground again. I can't let us get on the bottom. The, the news media can't wait for the world to go in a bad direction. Yeah, I, I read this article talking about how this one company, Redfin, was talking about how the luxury market was getting injured so badly. Mm. The luxury market in the triangle today is the best it's ever been. Great mm-hmm. of homes this year. I sold more homes over a million dollars that were parade homes in the actual parade. I mean, a person bought it while we're sitting in the house. But if I had read that article before I went out, I don't know if I would have still done that same thing. Instead, WREL called me and they said, hey, what do you think about this news we hear, I don't think anything about it. I think about what my reality is. I think about what we just have witnessed happening and it's going to keep happening. And belief is 90% of doing anything. That 10% is the effort you put in to get it there. But without the belief you're going to do something, you will never accomplish anything. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. I'd love to wrap on this question for you, Jim. What is your why? Why do you get up every morning? Why do you still do? You don't have to. Why do you choose to do it? Because I love every person around me and their why might not have gotten them where they're going yet. Mm. I want to be helping them right now. When I wake up in the morning, I get to hear my kids stirring around in my house. They're my why this moment. And my other why is I've got friends of mine who haven't really believed that Jesus was real yet. I got Mm -hmm. a lot of time left to go. I got people out there that I really want to bring into his fold before I die. And, and it won't be because of me that they got there. It'll be because they finally opened their eyes and were able to see. So the, the Jim Allen of today would say, my why is because I want to repay God for all the blessings he's put in my life. 
want to be able to share those with as many people as I possibly can. Amazing. Amazing. And, and really you've become such an example of, um, not just success, but how to be a leader, how to be a leader in this industry, how to create relationships, how to give back, how to be an example when you've achieved something and, and seen success around you. And, and I know you are, um, you have so much ahead of you still to do, and I'll love watching it, but congratulations on everything that you've already accomplished and that your team has accomplished because you've done Just it. like you say, I'm a work in progress. Uh, I'm trying every single day to remember that. And that's, that's all it takes. We're all in progress. We all are. We all are. And so um, anybody can find you. It's easy to find Jim Allen. The Jim Allen group is online, of course. And then you guys are on every social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and probably whatever else is out there. Anybody can find you for more information about you and what you guys have going on. They can. And you know what, Doug? I'm going to do the same thing I did. And, and this is foolish every time I do this and I realize it. But I also get so much more out of the people that ask me. So I give out my personal cell phone every time I do a podcast because I'm not afraid to answer the calls. You know, my number is 919-625-7281. And I really mean get the courage to call me because it might be the phone call that changes your life. You know, we're afraid to make those calls sometimes. I offer it out there because I do hope that I get to change somebody's life. I might not have yet, but I'm waiting and I, I want to get the call. And the last time I did this, we had to start doing Zooms to collect all the people so they could bring all the questions. I don't charge for it or anything else because nobody that taught me anything charged me. They all gave freely and that's what I want to do too. And uh, back to your foundational recommendation to everybody is it's all about relationships and that's what it boils down to. And so the best way to do that is one-on-one -on -one having a conversation. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. I, I really appreciate your time. Oh my gosh. I so much appreciate your time and I wish nothing but the best for you and your team finishing out the year. And then of course, kicking off for a strong 2023. So thank you again. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. For more ways to keep your work in progress in check, visit strivecoachingstudio.com.